After 17 months of injury, Tommy John surgery, and rehab, John Means returned to the big league mound for the Orioles on Tuesday night. While he was okay, and it was certainly something to build on, it wasn't a great night for the Orioles, who fell to the Cardinals in Game 2 of this series. And I'll recap it all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, September 13th, 2023. And welcome back into the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are going to recap the Orioles 5-2 loss to the St. Louis Cardinals on Tuesday night, getting you the five things you need to know from that one, including just a bad night with runners in scoring position for the O's, Jordan Westberg coming back into the lineup, and Jorge Lopez being used a whole lot since the O's got him back off waivers. Then we'll talk a bit about John Means, who made his return to the mound on Tuesday night. He was solid, five solid innings, I guess. We'll talk about the good, the bad, and what we can expect moving forward from Means. And then finally, the O's have officially set their starting rotation for the pivotal four-game series that opens up against the Rays tomorrow night. I'll break down the starters who will go and how it will help the O's try and pull away in the division this weekend. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast. Before we get there, though, just did want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. We're free and available on all podcast listening platforms. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen. And we're right here on YouTube. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked on Orioles YouTube channel. You can get in on the comments with other fans every single day on every single episode. And there's always giveaways happening over here on the YouTube channel if you are subscribed. Thank you to the everydayers out there who have been with us all season, right? This has been an incredible ride. The Orioles still sit in first place. They're trying to push and push and push towards a division title. And I'll have it all covered right here on the Locked On Orioles podcast. And on today's episode, we start, unfortunately, with an Orioles loss. One of the bigger duds of the season, I would say. And if this game didn't include the John Means return from Tommy John surgery, this may have been one of the most forgettable games of the entire season for the Orioles. Final score, Cardinals 5, Orioles 2 from Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Tuesday night in Game 2 of a three-game series. Evens up the series at 1 after the Orioles won the opener 11-5 to on Monday night. And for the Orioles, you know, we'll get to what was the struggle in this game. The offense just really never getting going. But with the loss... That evens up the series, sets up the rubber match later today. Orioles fall to 91-53 and 53 on the season, but they did get a little bit of help from the Minnesota Twins. A Willie Castro two-run go-ahead homer in the seventh eventually gave the Twins a 3-2 victory over the Tampa Bay Rays. Shout-out to Willie Castro. So the Orioles remain three games ahead of Tampa in the AL East. Again, just one more game for each team before that big, huge, ginormous four-game series starts. Also for the O's, that lowered the magic number to win the AL East to now 15 games for the magic number. The Orioles' magic number, as I record right now, for the playoffs is four games. 
Now, the Mariners lead the Angels 3-0 in the second. If the Angels were to come back and win that game, it would drop the O's playoff magic number to three. But either way, they cannot clinch a playoff berth tonight. Most likely, they will do it this weekend against the Rays. But I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from the Orioles' 5-2 loss to the Cardinals. And the first thing you need to know is John Means returned to the mound. I was in the ballpark on Tuesday night and was part of the crowd that gave a standing ovation to Means in his return to the hill for the Orioles. And you know what? It was kind of a lot of what we expected. Five innings, three runs on four hits with one strikeout, no walks, two homers allowed, and 75 pitches thrown for Means who allowed six hard hit balls in that time. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad. He kept the O's in the game. Pretty standard run-of-the-mill first start back from Tommy John. And later in the pod, we'll break it down much, much further on how John Means looked his first time back on the mound at Oriole Park. Second thing you need to know from this one, missed opportunities were just the difference in this game for the O's. The Orioles left 10 runners on base and went 1-for-12 with runners in scoring position in this game. They had ample opportunities to win this one against the Cardinals. Orioles had nine hits and only scored two runs. Tack on the five walks they drew as an offense as well. They were getting on base. They just could not get anyone home. And again, they had some hits like Gunnar Henderson had a two-hit game with a double and a single. Also had a walk. Anthony Santander had a double and a single. He had an RBI. Austin Hayes had a double and a single in this game. Like, guys got themselves on base, but they couldn't bring him in. And it felt like almost every inning, there was a chance. Like, take the bottom of the first inning. Adam Wainwright's out there. Dude's been bad this year. Not sure why he came back. He's throwing 88. He walks the first two batters, Adley and Gunner, and the Orioles just unable to get him home. Santander strikes out, O'Hearn grounds out, Mullins pops out, and that's the inning. And, you know, that was just one of the chances the O's had. You go to the fourth inning. Orioles load the bases with one away for James McCann, and McCann grounds into a double play to end the inning. Orioles don't even scratch a run across. Go to the fifth inning where the Orioles actually scored their runs. They got an RBI single from Santander. RBI fielder's choice from Ryan O'Hearn went from a 3-0 to a 3-2 game in the bottom of the fifth. But it really felt like they should have scored more than two. They should have at least tied the game or even taken the lead in that fifth inning against Wainwright. Where it started off with three straight singles, made it 3-1 first and third. And then, you know, O'Hearn grounds into the force out. It scores a run. Then Mullen strikes out. Then you have Austin Hayes double. And then Adam Frazier, who barely strikes out, chases a curveball in the dirt to K with two runners in scoring position against Wainwright to end that fifth inning. And they just they left a lot of chances out there against one of the worst starters in baseball this year. But it continued in the middle innings as well for the Orioles. They couldn't get anything in the sixth with a base runner on. In the seventh, things were looking pretty good for the O's. They got the first two runners on. In the seventh inning, it was a Santander double and a Ryan Mountcastle walk as a pinch hitter. And then Cedric Mullins grounds into a double play and Austin Hayes pops out and they don't get anything. It was just a rough, rough night offensively. It'll happen, right? Especially when they have scored double-digit runs in three of the previous four games coming into this one. You're going to have some duds like this. Unfortunately, it happened against a pretty bad pitching team, but it happened. They just they left way too many runners out there, did the Orioles. Third thing you need to know from the 5-2 loss to the Cardinals is that Jordan Westberg returned to the Orioles lineup in this one, playing second base in the game and hitting eighth. Actually got the start at third base and moved over to second later 
in the game, but Westberg went one for three with a single and a walk, reaching base twice and having a couple of hard hit balls. Now up to a 278 average for Jordan Westberg here in his rookie season. We weren't really sure what was keeping Westberg out, but he left in the middle of that wild game on Saturday, the O's 13 to 12 win over the Red Sox. The Orioles just kind of said, you know, he was dealing with something. He did not play Sunday. He did not play Monday. And the O's kept saying, you know, he should be available soon. Just kind of dealing with something. They were super vague about what was going on with Westberg. And then, you know, we see him in the lineup Tuesday. He looks healthy, makes some plays at third base and he gets on base twice. So hopefully all is good. He's healthy and can stay in that O's lineup for the rest of the season. Fourth thing you need to know from the O's loss on Tuesdays, the Orioles right now, especially lately, have been asking a lot of Jorge Lopez. Lopez pitched in his fourth game in five days for the Orioles on Tuesday night, giving them an inning and two-thirds of relief. Entered in the sixth inning after John Means left, and Lopez had a good sixth, a one-two-three sixth inning to keep it at a three-to-two game. But he went back out there in the seventh and just wasn't the same pitcher. Gave up a walk, gave up a hit, ended up allowing two earned runs on a hit, two Ks, a walk, and a home run in an inning and two-thirds in this one. And he threw 31 pitches in his fourth game in five days, and he was good in the first three. You know, three games in four days, he didn't give up an earned run in any of those. But this one was a little different. Richie Palacios got him for a home run. The runner he left on base ended up scoring as CNL Perez allowed an RBI single. And for a guy who, you know, is not, as we know, is not the Jorge Lopez the Orioles had in the first half last year before they traded him to the Twins. It seems like a lot to ask when you bring him in off waivers and immediately, you know, they're not using him in the highest leverage spots, but in still somewhat key spots, using him four times in five days and having to throw 31 pitches in the fourth one. It's a lot to ask, but it's almost kind of what the O's feel like they have to do right now because they're not getting long starts recently. Again, Four consecutive starts now where a starter has not pitched into the sixth inning means the O's have had to use a lot of relievers recently, and Lopez has shown that he's able to pitch multiple innings, pitch back-to-back days, so Brandon Hyde knows him, feels comfortable with him, goes back to him, and it bit him a little bit on Tuesday night. I mean, they're really going to need Kyle Gibson today to go deep into this game, especially to just kind of reset this bullpen because... There's not any off days before this four-game race series starts, and you're going to need all hands on deck out of the bullpen in these four games against Tampa. Kyle Gibson going seven innings would be huge today for the O's and for that pen. And the fifth and final thing you need to know from the Orioles' 5-2 loss to the Cardinals on Tuesday is that speaking of the bullpen, Cole Irvin could turn out to be kind of a good reliever maybe down the stretch. I mean, I still think long-term, you know, he's got three more years of team control with the Orioles. He still will be a starter for the Orioles long-term. But if they have to put him in the bullpen at times, he's been better there. Irvin finished off this game with two scoreless innings out of the pen that was crucial for the O's bullpen and and kept it close, kept it at a 5-2 to two game. But in 17 to third innings in relief this year, Irvin's got a 3.63 ERA, 19 strikeouts to just five walks, and only four extra base hits allowed in that time. This is versus a 4.81 ERA and a bigger sample size, but that's his starter ERA for Cole Irvin this year. And his stuff just does seem to play up when he's in the bullpen. It does for most pitchers, but especially for a guy who's not necessarily a super hard-throwing left-hander. He throws harder. His stuff looks crisper when he comes out of the pen. And I don't know if we're ready for like high-leverage Cole Irvin, but when he comes in there, I, I kind of trust him out of the pen right now to get some outs. And that can be key to kind of be another cog in the pen, to not just be the you know mop-up long relief guy at the back of the pen, but a guy who you can maybe go to in the sixth or seventh inning if you need to. He's done it a couple of times this year. 
Might need to do it again down the stretch, especially against the Rays this weekend. But despite Cole Irvin, it was just, there was nothing. Nothing from the offense. And the Orioles lose 5-2 to two to the Cardinals. And again, you know, as I said, this would have been one of the most forgettable games of the season, if not for the fact that it was the return of John Means. And that's what we're going to talk about coming up next. Means' first start back from Tommy John surgery. First time in 17 months. What did he do well? What did he struggle with? What does it mean for Means and the Orioles moving forward this season? But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Now, if you are a new customer or planning to be a new customer, listen up. Because right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So the Orioles fell to the Cardinals 5-2 on Tuesday night in Game 2 of a three-game set. But the big-time positive note from this game is that John Means returned to the mound. It was cool to see him back out there. I was in attendance in person when he got injured against the Brewers back on April 13th of 2022 at Oriole Park. And I was back there when he returned to the mound on Tuesday night. Cool little standing ovation for John Means before the game. Just awesome to see him, the former Orioles ace, can he get back to that? We'll see. But it was just awesome to see him back out there on the Oriole Park mound. Now, you know, I mentioned it already, but wanted to dive a little bit deeper into the start. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't terrible. It was somewhere close to what we expected, right? Five innings of three-run ball, four hits, one strikeout, no walks, two homers, 75 pitches for means, and six hard-hit balls. Now, one thing that was a little concerning is just one strikeout in five innings. Like, John Means has never been a big-time strikeout pitcher, but you're looking for more than 1K. And I get that outs are outs no matter how you get them, but strikeouts are always going to be better. And he really didn't miss a lot of bats in this game. John Means got just seven swings and misses on 43 swings by Cardinals hitters in this one. That's just a 16% whiff rate. The changeup got five of those seven whiffs, but that was on 18 swings, so it was missing some bats, but not as many as it usually does. Now, Means was very changeup heavy in this game, which was not surprising. This is a Cardinals lineup with a lot of right-handed power hitters in it. That is how Means has always attacked right-handed power hitters with a lot of changeups. He threw 29 changeups, which is his most used pitch, 26 four-seam fastballs, 14 sliders, and six curveballs is what we saw from Means in this one. Now, he really didn't see a lot of breaking balls early. I believe it was his 26th pitch of the day. He threw a slider to Lars Nootbaar, which was the first breaking ball he had thrown. It was all fastballs and changeups for his first 25 of those 75 pitches. And then he started to mix in the slider and the curveball a little bit as the game went on. But I will say, like, you know, the command was good. I mean, he, he did not walk anyone. It wasn't pinpoint command. Like, he was still maybe leaving some stuff in the middle of the plate a little bit too much. That second home run that he allowed to Richie Palacios, two outs, 0-2, tried to throw the curveball, just hung it down the middle, and Palacios turned on it and put it into the right field seats to make it a 3-0 Cardinals lead at that time. And shout-out to Richie Palacios, who also homered off Jorge Lopez. 
came in with one homer on the year, homers twice, played at Towson, so a little homecoming for him. And, you know, kind of kind of cool to see the Towson guy come back and, and homer twice at Oriole Park. But, you know, for Means, again, it was just kind of what we expected. I mean, you'd like to see more swing and miss. You'd like to see him maybe experiment more with the breaking balls. But I liked the velocity was a little up. He was averaging 92. He topped out at 94 multiple times. He kind of sat 93 early in the game. That was better than his rehab outings, where he was more 91 in the rehab outings. He was definitely 92 to 93 and up to 94 in this one. And now a little bit of that is going to be early in the game, you know, just having all of that adrenaline coming back to the mound. But I would say fastball command plus velocity was a good sign for Means. The ability to go to the changeup to lefties and righties was a good sign for Means. Bad things were, you know, you'd like him to throw more than 75 pitches. He had built, been built up all the way to 86. I, I thought it was probably the right time to take him out of the game anyway. You kind of had uh, the big middle of the order coming up again in, in the sixth inning for the Cardinals with the right-handed bat, so I did not mind getting Means out of the game when they did, but you'd like more swing and miss, more strikeouts. You would like to see him get a little deeper into the game next time. But otherwise, I thought... This is what we expect from John Means, especially with John Means coming back from Tommy John surgery, right? You get a five-inning start. He gets, you know, a good amount of soft contact. He throws a lot of change-ups. He's always been a guy who will give up some homers, and that's what he did. Paul Goldschmidt got him on a fastball out of the zone in the first inning, and then Palacios got him in the fourth. But he's going to throw a lot of change-ups. He's not going to walk guys. I mean, it was a whole lot of strikes. He was pounding the strike zone in this game. That first inning was, uh, I believe, an eight-pitch inning where he threw seven strikes. I mean, that's what you're going to see from John Means. He will be in the strike zone at all times, and that's pretty much what we got. Now, in terms of, you know, what's what's next, what to expect from him moving forward, I mean, he should get another start here, right? It seems as if, and we'll talk about this in a bit with the O's setting their rotation for the race series this weekend, it seems as if they're going back to the six-man rotation. Irvin went to the bullpen. Means comes off the injured list. The roster move was sending Joey Crable back down to AAA, which is what I had predicted was kind of the, the easy prediction and the easy move for the Orioles to make to make room on the active roster for John Means. They already had a spot open on the 40-man forum when they activated him. But, you know, at this point, I think you can get something out of him, right? And it may not be like the old John Means, and you might not get a dominant playoff starter out of him, but you're going to get something. And you got to keep seeing what you've got. And it's a delicate balance because if he struggles at all more than this, it's going to be tough to continue to start him when you're in a division race. But Means is a guy you've had before, you've trusted. You trust him enough to bring him back in a pennant race. So let's see what he's got. And, and we're really going to get to see what he's got, right, the next time out. Because he is scheduled, scheduled at this point, to start. Game one of the series next week in Houston against the Astros. Probably the hottest team in baseball right now. They're swinging the bats very, very well in a friendly hitters park at Minute Maid Park. That's going to be quite a test for Means. And you can't really have him skip that series because he'd be scheduled to start game one. I don't think you really want to start him in the Rays series. And so one of those three games, he's going to have to pitch against Houston. We may learn a lot more when he makes that start against the Astros next week. But hey. He kind of did what we expected. I don't think there's any huge takeaways from this one because it, it it didn't surprise me either way. But I think number one positive takeaway, he stayed healthy. He pitched five innings, and it looks like he's going to be good to go to pitch again for the Orioles. And whatever that role becomes down the stretch, just to have him back here healthy makes the Orioles better. But with the six-man rotation back, 
and Means pitching here on Tuesday. Now, that means he will not start any of the four games against the Rays this weekend. And actually, the Orioles officially named on Tuesday the four starters for this pivotal series against the Rays in Baltimore that starts on Thursday night. It's something we've been talking about for a couple weeks. How will the O's set up this rotation for this series? Now we know. Coming up next to finish off the pod, we'll break down the four starters, what they've done against Tampa this year, and how the O's have kind of scheduled this out to try and pull away a little bit in the division this weekend. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by Jace Case. Jace Medical, what is it? Well, it's simple. You go online, fill out a form, and then you get prescription life-saving medications sent right to your door. The Jace Case gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. And you can save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That is jacemedical.com. One more time, J-A-S-E medical.com. So the Orioles lost to the Cardinals on Tuesday. That means they will go for the series win today, trying to take two out of three from a St. Louis team that has struggled all year, but is definitely playing much better baseball as of late. And it's got a pretty good lineup as they showed so far in this series. But game three is coming up tonight, Wednesday night, 6.35 p.m. Eastern time at the yard. Kyle Gibson will go for the Orioles in this one, the veteran righty with a 5-1-2 ERA. Been kind of a tough stretch here in the second half, but he pitched much better in his last start. Six innings, three runs of six hit ball for Kyle Gibson. We'll see how he navigates a very right-handed, power-heavy Cardinals lineup. And this will be a fun one because an old friend is making the start for the Cardinals tonight. That's right, Drew Rahm, who was an Orioles prospect, drafted out of high school, the left-handed pitcher in 2018, spent a couple of days with the Orioles in the big leagues this year in the bullpen, but never actually made his major league debut with Baltimore, was sent over to the Cardinals as one of the three players that went to St. Louis in the Jack Flaherty trade at the deadline, and Drew Rahm will make his first start, first appearance at Oriole Park in a St. Louis Cardinals uniform. Not sure how many people saw that coming, but the 23-year-old lefty was called up to the big leagues a few weeks after the deadline, it hasn't been very good for Drew Rahm. Four starts with the Cardinals, 17 and a third innings, and a 7.79 ERA. His last time out against the Reds, three and two-thirds innings, four runs, seven hits, zero strikeouts, and two walks. He hasn't been very good since the trade. We'll see if the O's can jump all over their old friend here tonight. And you can listen to every single pitch of the Orioles' hometown radio broadcast of the series finale between the O's and the Cardinals on the SXM app through SiriusXM. Just download the app and search Orioles. And once you have the app, you can not just listen to tonight, but you can listen to all four games of maybe the biggest series in baseball right now. It's certainly the Orioles' biggest series of the year and maybe their biggest series in a long, long time. Four games set starts Thursday night. Orioles and Rays. As we speak, the O's have a three-game lead over Tampa, even though the O's lost Tuesday. As I mentioned, Twins beat the Rays 3-2, to so the O's stay three games up. Magic number is 15 at this moment to clinch the AL East. And now each team has one more game. Again, O's Cardinals tonight, and again, Rays at Twins. Final game of their series coming up today. It's a, it's a day game in that one. 
At worst, the O's will be two games up heading into that series. At best, they could be four games ahead of the Rays heading into that series. But either way, it is ginormous. You can pull away. You could let the Rays back in it. You got to get at least one win because that'll give the O's the tiebreaker, which will be huge. But either way, something we've been talking about a lot is how will the O's set this rotation? Because they've been tinkering with it. They went to a six-man, then back to a five-man, now back to a six-man rotation. It's a four-game series, so you got a lot of pitchers you can throw out there. You had some room to tinker with it earlier. Well, the O's have announced their starters officially on Tuesday for this four-game series. And here's how it's going to go. The Thursday game will be Kyle Bradish. Now, initially, it looked like Bradish may not pitch in this series, but the O's did a good job to get their ace into game one of this series to really set the tone. Bradish will go Thursday night. He started against the Rays twice this year. Both times, it was at the Trop. The first one, June 20th, five innings, two runs, four hits, eight Ks, and two walks. Then the next one was July 21st when he went six innings, six hits, two runs, five Ks, a walk, and a homer. Hasn't been, like, amazing, but pretty good against Tampa so far this year. There's going to be a lot riding on what is going to be the biggest start of Kyle Bradish's career on Thursday night, and he is going to be up for the task. Now, Friday's the one that's got people a little bit worried because, you know, I, I had talked about how the Orioles had a chance to maybe, you know, skip Jack Flaherty in this series, maybe reinsert Cole Irvin in Flaherty's place, put Flaherty in the bullpen for this series because Jack Flaherty has been struggling. But Jack Flaherty is going to start the Friday night game. The Adam Jones retirement ceremony, going to be a sold-out crowd. This is kind of Flaherty's last stand. This could be where he rises to the moment of this series, of that crowd, pitches well, gets the O's a win, and gets back in the good graces. Or if he pitches poorly again, it might be the last start Jack Flaherty makes in an Orioles uniform. Like, he could be sent to the bullpen if he doesn't pitch well Friday. Now, he hasn't faced the Rays this year, but it hasn't been good in his last two starts. Eight innings, 14 hits, eight runs with three homers in his last two starts. He's going to need to turn it around against Tampa. Then Saturday, the Orioles going with the rookie sensation. Grayson Rodriguez will take the ball on Saturday He's actually already started twice against the Rays this year. One time was in Baltimore during his first stint. It was actually one of his better starts of his first stint in the bigs. May 9th, he went five and two-thirds, two runs on seven hits, four Ks, two walks, a couple of solo home runs allowed against the Rays in that one. And then in stint number two, he faced Tampa July 22nd at the Trop. It was one of his first starts since the Orioles recalled him. Five and two-thirds innings, three hits, two runs, six Ks, and two walks in that one. Remember, he was actually one pitch away from getting through six scoreless, and then he gave up kind of a, a seeing-eye two-run single before being removed from the game. It was a, a pretty good outing for Grayson in that one. We'd like to see more of that. And then finally on Sunday, it's Dean Kramer. And a couple of weeks ago, we would have felt really good about Dean Kramer being the Sunday starter. You know, kind of feel like he's locked into the O's number three guy, been so consistent, so good in the second half, was dominant in August well, then Dean Kramer's had his last two starts against the Angels and against the Cardinals, and it hasn't been very good. Hopefully he can turn it back around. Now, Kramer has started once against the Rays this year. It was in Baltimore back on May 10th, and to give him credit, he was good. Six scoreless innings against the Rays in that one, four hits, four Ks, and two walks for Dean Kramer. Would love to see him do it again on Sunday to finish out that pivotal four-game series. But that is what the pitching looks like. We'll get a closer look at what the Rays rotation will look like and continue to look at this series coming up tomorrow's episode as that'll get you ready for game one between Orioles and Rays. But I'll also, of course, recap the series finale between the O's and the Cardinals. Hopefully the O's get to their old friend Drew Rahm and pick up another series win. And that's what I'll be talking about on tomorrow's episode.
But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.